Lord, I pray that we would make an application as we look at this chapter. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In chapters 11 through 15 of Leviticus, we're in that section of Leviticus that is dealing with dietary laws, as we saw in chapter 11. And in chapter 12, um, child you know, birth, um, some of the um, periods of, of, um, and rituals for uh, childbirth. And, um, and then chapter 13 and 14 is going to deal with skin diseases. And then chapter 15 is going to deal with bodily um, emissions and fluids and things like that. Now, you may be thinking, you know, why are we going through this? Because this is a portion of Scripture in God's Word that really the church or, or Christians don't spend a whole lot of time in and don't even read or many churches never teach on these chapters. But as we look at these chapters, remember a couple of things. Number one, there was a practical application in God given these laws, the dietary laws and, and um, you know, the, um, the, the uh, things that um, pertain to skin diseases and the laws of, of um, checking skin disease and, and uh, bodily fluids and things like that because uh, they didn't have doctors like what we have today. They didn't have hospitals. They didn't have the medical technology and the knowledge that we have today. And, of course, that knowledge continues to increase. So this was a way of God protecting his people from disease being spread, from um, bodily fluids and from blood and all these other things. Also, to be able to protect the camp uh, in the children of Israel out here in the wilderness. And then eventually, as they would go into the promised land, from disease and plague spreading throughout the nation. And so he would give them these laws to, to pertain to, as we saw last week, in the dietary laws. It wasn't just these are clean animals and these are unclean animals, but also it would uh, talk about you know, exp- disposing those dead carcasses and how that person that disposed of that carcass was to clean themselves and clean their clothes. And it was very practical for them uh, and beneficial for them to follow those laws because as we discussed last week, in the 1300s when the bubonic plague would spread through Europe, the Jewish communities didn't experience the death rate, nearly the death rate that the rest of Europe did because they followed these laws of you know getting rid of a, a dead rat that was the source of the plague that would run through Europe and, and then cleansing themselves and washing their clothes. If a, if a rat or a mouse would go across your bowl or uh, be in your cooking utensils or in your water jug or even in the water well, they would get rid of that uh, dead animal, but also they would make sure that those utensils were clean and, and um, those cooking u- things were clean and so they didn't have the spread of disease like the rest of the nations would experience. Also, when they went into the promised land, they would not experience, again, the difficulties that the other nations did. They would get into their pagan rituals and they would eat raw meat and things like that. And it became a a real problem to them. This skin disease, as we read in chapter 13, is going to talk about, first of all, leprosy. And then it's going to talk about boils and burns and things like that. But let's begin to look at this. As chapter 13, we read, And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When a man has on the skin of his body a swelling, a scab, or a bright spot, and it becomes on the skin of his body like a leprous sore, then he shall be brought to Aaron, the priest, or to one of his sons, the priest. And the priest shall examine the sore on the skin of the body. And if the hair in the sore 
has turned white, and a sore appears to be deeper than the skin of his body. It is leprous sore. And then a priest shall examine him and pronounce him unclean. Now here's the thing about leprosy. It was one of the most dreaded diseases in the ancient world for a couple reasons. Number one, they had no treatment for leprosy. Now leprosy, pretty much um, today they can treat leprosy. Um, it is not a problem in the world. There are certain parts of the world in third world countries where leprosy really has to be watched and, and um, it has uh, to be taken care of and making sure that it doesn't spread because leprosy is a disease that is very, very contagious. And so here they had to make sure that if there was leprosy on an individual, that there was inspection and observation and isolation that would take place just to make sure that that disease didn't spread throughout the camp. And so, again, they didn't have doctors. It was the priests that would do the inspection here. And leprosy was a horrible disease that when it began to spread, it would spread very quickly. And so these are the laws that are put in place to make sure that it wouldn't be contagious and then spread through a village or through the camp of the children of Israel. Um, Again, Today, there are certain parts of the world where leprosy um, does appear. Uh, When I was over at Dr. Song's last night, uh, he was telling me about two Korean women that he knew that they're in their 70s now, but nearly for 50 years, they actually worked at a facility in the island off the peninsula of Korea that they worked solely with leprous patients. And they served them and, and, and ministered to them. And he talked about how wonderful their ministry was to those who suffered the, you know, from that disease as they would come in. But be that as it may, pretty much is under control today. And it isn't a problem like it was in the ancient world. So leprosy, as we look at it here, you may be thinking, then why do we need to talk about this chapter? The thing is, leprosy of the Old Testament is a picture of sin. And as we look at this, we can make some application because not only are we looking at, yes, there was some practical application, why they would have these certain laws, but more importantly for you and for me, there's spiritual application to be made. And as we look at leprosy, we see that in the first few verses here, it tells us that it it starts out small. It starts out in in verse 2, a swelling, a scab or a bright spot. And you see, that's the way sin operates, doesn't it? It can start out small. It can start out like a swelling. That is a swelling that happens in their hearts. You remember that in the book of Exodus in chapter 32, that the children of Israel, that they made that golden calf and they committed idolatry. But what did it say? That they rose up to play, didn't they? They rose up to play as they committed great immorality. And there can be pride. There can be a swelling in our hearts. And we rise up and we pursue sin and we can pursue pleasure. There can be a, a, a scab. And that's the way sin can be as well. Knowing um, that, that we uh, are sinning, but we try to cover it up. Covering up what we know not to be right. What we know is not uh, right in the sight of God and pleasing to God. And so uh, it may start out as a swelling or a scab or a bright spot that is a whitish spot and thinking that, you know what, um, this is a bright spot in my life. This thing that I'm involved in, I'm not going to get caught, but I'm going to get ahead if, as I 
do this dishonest thing or in a relationship that isn't right. So sin can start out real small in those ways in our own hearts, a swelling, a scab, trying to cover it up, a bright spot, whatever it might be. But then they would be inspected if it was seen that perhaps there was leprosy by the priest. And for you and for me, we need to understand that in verse 3 here, as it says that if that, that sore on the skin, that it appeared deeper, verse 3 says, than the skin of his body, that the root cause is, is our hearts. It, it's, sin is more than skin deep, isn't it? It comes from a heart that, that desires to sin, a heart that uh, can be enamored with sin. And it's Jeremiah that would say in the Old Testament, chapter 17, that all of our hearts are desperately wicked. Who can know it? And we need to allow the great high priest, Jesus Christ, to examine our hearts. You recall that it was Jesus when we talked a little bit about this last week in Matthew chapter 15 in our study on Sunday morning, that Jesus said it's not what goes into you that defiles a man, it's what comes out of you that defiles a man because it shows the abundance of the heart. And we know, don't we, this to be true, that whatever is in your heart is is going to be worked out in your life. And what you say, in your conduct, in your behavior, in your speech, all that's going to be worked out in what your heart is like. And so we need to be ones that allow the Lord to inspect our hearts, to, to present our hearts to him and say, Lord, you search me and try me and see if there's any wickedness in me. That's what David did. And it's important for us that we come to that point as well, that, Lord, is there any spot in me or on me or in my heart that is causing me to perhaps head towards sin or commit sin. And so verse four, but if the bright spot is white on the skin of his body and does not appear to be deeper than the skin and his hair has not turned white, then the priest shall isolate the one who has the sore seven days. And the priest shall examine him on the seventh day. And indeed, if the sore appears to be as it was and the sore has not spread on the skin, then the priest shall isolate him another seven days. And then the priest shall examine him again on the seventh day. And indeed, if the sore has faded and the sore has not spread on the skin, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. It is only a scab, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the scab should at all spread over the skin, after he has seen, been seen by the priest for his cleansing, he shall be seen by the priest again. In verse 8, if the priest sees that the scab has indeed spread on the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean and this leprosy. So the priest, if he believed that it was leprosy, then that person was to be isolated. Uh, again, that was to, for the protection of the people of Israel, that it didn't spread throughout the camp. And then there would be careful observation. After a certain amount of days, as prescribed here, they would see and see if that leprosy is spreading. And indeed, um, if... Uh, it has spread and it is leprosy. The key for you and for me that as we allow the Lord to inspect our heart is you get to an isolated place. Just as they were isolated, you and I, I'm not talking about be alone. If you want, you can do this for seven days. But what I'm saying is you each and every day have that place, that quiet place where you can allow the Lord to inspect your heart and, and say, Lord, I want to please you today. But if there's anything in my heart, that is not right. The Lord does not please him to you. Remember we talked about on Sunday when we were talking in Matthew chapter 19 as, as Jesus said the certificate of divorce was granted as the Pharisees were pressing him on the question on marriage or divorce because of your hardness of hearts. And the hardness of heart is one that's not going to be receiving the things of God, being sensitive to the leading of the Lord. We need to have soft hearts and say, Lord, look to me. And, and if there's anything that is there that's not right, show me that I may turn away from it. 
but be in that place, that quiet place, that place of isolation where you're hearing from the Lord and being sensitive to the things of the Lord. In verse 9, when the leprosor is on the person, then he shall be brought to the priest, and the priest shall examine him, and if indeed the swelling on the skin is white, and it has turned the hair white, and there is a spot of raw flesh in the swelling, it is an old leprosy on the skin of his body, the priest shall pronounce him unclean and shall not isolate him, for he is unclean. In other words, if it's old leprosy, yes, this is leprosy, we know it is, they didn't isolate him, there wasn't any need, they would immediately would go to a leprous camp. Now, we're going to talk about this in just a couple minutes as we finish the chapter. If you had leprosy, they would have a, a, a leper's camp or they would live in cave-like colonies being isolated from the rest of society. And so that's what this person, if it was known that, ooh, you got leprosy, there wasn't isolation. There was no need for that. You need to immediately go to that leper's camp or where they kept the other lepers and be with them. Verse 12, if leprosy breaks out all over the skin and the leprosy covers all the skin of the one who has the sore from the head to his foot, whether the priest looks, then the priest shall consider, and indeed, if the leprosy has covered all his body, he shall pronounce him clean who has the sore. It has turned all white, and he is clean. So you may be thinking, what's this? If he's white, his hair, and he's white, his skin, from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, he's declared to be clean? What's up with that? You know, he, he's leprous. Shouldn't he be isolated? Why is he determined clean? Here's the thing. There apparently was a form of leprosy. If your hair was white and, and your skin uh, was white and it would begin to flake, but it wasn't contagious. Now, this is the leprosy that they believe that Naaman, you remember Naaman of the Old Testament? Naaman there in Second Kings, as he was a Syrian commander, and he uh, would come to Elijah. He had heard that Elijah was able to heal, and he had leprosy. And Elijah told him, go and, and, um, and dip in the river seven times and you'll be cleansed. And you see, he was still with his soldiers. He still had contact with other people. Matter of fact, he was living in his own home. It was one of the girls of, of Israel that was a slave in his home that said, hey, back home, we have a man of God who's able to heal. And so that's why he knew about Elijah. But it is believed that perhaps he had this kind of leprosy that wasn't contagious. You remember in Matthew chapter 8 that when Jesus, after the Sermon on the Mount, he came down into Capernaum, the crowds are pressing in on him. And who came to him? It was a man full of leprosy is what Luke's gospel says. Perhaps he had this leprosy to where he actually would have contact or be around people and what wasn't contagious. So it's interesting to look at these two verses and see this. Now we know from Luke chapter 17, the ten lepers that would cry out to Jesus because they weren't to come close to people. They were not to come into the villages. So from some distance, they cried out and said, Lord, heal us. And then Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priests. And we'll see that in Leviticus chapter 14. And so that was the kind of leprosy that was contagious. And most of leprosy was very, very contagious where they had to be isolated. But verse 14, but when the raw flesh appears on him, he shall be unclean. And the priest shall examine the raw flesh flesh and pronounce them to be unclean for the raw flesh is unclean it is leprosy or if the raw flesh changes and turn whites again he shall come to the priest and the priest shall examine him and indeed if the sore has turned white then the priest shall pronounce him clean who has the sore he is clean so uh, an exception to this if there was raw 
flesh that appeared. And, and if it breaks out and, it, and appears white, then chances are it's leprosy again. The thing is that our flesh will rear up its ugly head, won't it? And that's when we're vulnerable to sin. And Paul talks about in Romans chapter 7 the struggle between the flesh and the spirit. And he talks about how he struggled with that. And the things that I should be doing, I don't. And the things I shouldn't do, I do do. And at the end of the chapter, he cries out, Oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from this body of death? And then he goes into Romans chapter 8 and talks about that there is no condemnation, condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus to walk in the spirit and not be walking in the flesh. If you walk in the flesh, it's going to bring death. But if you walk in the Spirit, it will bring peace and life. And the thing about it is, as you're submitted to the Lord and yield to the Lord, and as you're abiding in Christ, as you're walking in the Spirit, there's just peace and life. And as Paul would write in Galatians, that you're not going to fulfill the desires of the flesh. But if you are dominated by your flesh and not yield it to the Lord and asking the Lord for help, and all of us need to do this, then there's just going to be death and peace. Well, death, that is, there's just a dying in your spirit, in your heart towards the Lord. And, and, and there's just struggle that happens spiritually if you are being dominated by the flesh or as the flesh you know, rears its ugly head and you don't give it to the Lord and say, Lord, help me. And, and for I think most of us would agree we need to do that every single day. Lord, I don't want to walk after the flesh today. I want to walk after you and stay close to you. And so, Lord, you do that work in me. And so verse 18, if the body develops a boil, now he's going to talk about boils as if you don't have enough problems. You know, now boils in the skin, it is healed. And in the place of the boil, there comes a white swelling or a bright spot, reddish white, then it shall be shown to the priest. And if when the priest sees it, it indeed appears deeper than the skin and its hair has turned white, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is leprous sore which has broken out of the boil. And then the priest examines it. And indeed, verse 21, there are no white hairs in it. And it is not deeper than the skin, but has faded. And the priest shall isolate him seven days. Again, this isolation. And, it should, um, and if it should at all spread over the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprous sore. But if the bright spot stays in one place and has not spread, it is a scar of the boil, and the priest shall pronounce him clean. So if it hasn't spread after the isolation and it's just a scar, uh, then it isn't leprous. We do know that boils was a problem in ancient time as well. You recall that it was back in Exodus chapter 9, it was the sixth plague that boils were on the Egyptians and it brought great pain to them. We also know that in the book of Revelation, when it comes to the fifth bowl, that boils are going to break out uh, as God is pouring out on, his, on a Christ-rejected world. And again, great pain is, is going to be among men that experience that, that bold judgment in the tribulation period. In verse 24, Or if the body receives a burn on its skin by fire, and the raw flesh of the burn becomes a bright spot, reddish white or white, then the priest shall examine it. And indeed, if the hair of the bright spot has turned white and appears deeper than the skin, it is leprosy broken out in the burn. Therefore, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a lesperous sore. 
And so talking about burns now, verse 26, but if the priest examines it and indeed there is no white hairs in the bright spot and is not deeper than the skin but has faded, then the priest shall isolate him seven days. And the priest shall examine him on the seventh day if it had all spread over the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a leprous sore. But if the bright spot stays in one place and has not spread on the skin but has faded, it is a swelling from the burn. The priest shall pronounce him clean, for it is a scar from the burn. And i got to tell you this. If you are one that is dominated by your flesh, if you are one that is easily enticing the sin, you're going to get burned. Folks, you're going to get burned. And it's not just because I say it, it's because the Word of God says it. And one of the things that we see very clearly here from Genesis to Revelation is that God gives us warning about sin. First of all, we understand what sin has done, that sin entered into the world because clear in Genesis in the beginning, Adam sinned. And now death and sin has entered into the world. Romans chapter 5, we're born with that sin nature, but the consequences of sin. And the wonderful good news is Jesus came to cleanse us and to forgive us of sin as we accept Him into our hearts, as we repent and turn to Him and come to Him in faith. But the thing is, is that there can be this struggle with the flesh and with the Spirit. And you and I need to abide in Christ and yield to the Lord. And we need to rely on Him and, and completely be submitted to Him. Because we're all vulnerable that we can get involved in sin or entice in sin. So Lord, every single day, Lord, You help me and strengthen me and be with me. I think that what is sad in the church today that there are more and more pastors that won't talk about sin. There are some pastors that won't even mention the word sin because they're afraid it's going to offend the people and, and it's not a happy sermon and all of this and we want happy sermons. So we'll be careful. We'll say a mistake or, you know, if you get off track or whatever it is. You know, sin is something that we do need to be honest and look at. And all through the scriptures, we see the consequences of sin. We see it in people's lives today. The people who are experiencing um, tremendous upheaval and and, um, terrible consequences because of sin. It'll burn you. It'll burn you. So we need to be careful and we need to understand that. In verse 29, we see... That if a man or woman has a sore on the head or in uh, or the beard, then the priest shall examine the sore, and indeed, if it appears deeper than the skin, and there in it thin yellow hair, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a scaly leprosy of the head or beard, and so it, the the head with the hair on it, the the beard, it would cover up um, the leprosy perhaps, and so they would have to look for that. It was harder to detect that leprosy under the hair. And another thing that is a tendency for people to do is try to cover up their sin. Don't try to cover up your sin because your sin will find you out. So we need to be ones that confess our sins when we know what we're doing wrong and come to the Lord. You know, repentance really is a wonderful word. It simply means turn away from what you're doing and turn to the Lord, confess it, and receive His love and receive His forgiveness and His grace. But it's turning to Him. Don't try to cover it up. And, and people have tried to cover up sin, but your sin's going to find you out. And there is a reaping of what you sow. If you sow to the Spirit, good things are going to happen. But if you seed, sow, sow seeds of corruption, then of the flesh you're going to reap. And there are going to be those consequences. What we do today, there is going to be a harvest. 
And you can try to cover it up. You may try to fool other people, but the Lord sees it. And you can't hide from the Lord, so don't try to cover it up. And then as we continue on, verse 31, but if the priest examines the scaly sore, and indeed it does not appear deeper than and there is no black hair in it, then the priest shall isolate the one who has the scale seven days. And on the seventh day, the priest shall examine the sore, and indeed if the scale has not spread, and there is no yellow hair in it, and the scale does not appear deeper than the skin, he shall shave himself, but he sh- the scale he shall not shave, and the priest shall isolate the one who has the scale another seven days. Verse 34, In the seventh day the priest shall examine the scale, and indeed if the scale has not spread over the skin and does not appear deeper than the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. He shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the scale should at all spread over the skin after his clean cleansing, then the priest shall examine him. And indeed, if the scale has spread over the skin, the priest need not seek for yellow hair. He is unclean. But if the scale appears to be at a standstill and there is black hair grown up in it, the scale has healed, he is clean, and the priest will pronounce him clean. And so here, the procedure, again, for the priest, leprosy when it comes to scale, um, the, the observation, the examining uh, of that individual, and, and if need be, the isolation. Verse 38, if a man or woman has bright spots on the skin of the body, specifically white bright spots, and the priest shall look, and indeed if the bright spots on the skin of the body are dull white, it is a white spot that grows on the skin, he is clean. As for the man whose hair has fallen from his head, he is bald, but he is clean. Good news for us, huh, guys? So, it's not a sin to lose our hair. So, Verse 41, whose, he whose hair has fallen from his forehead, he is bald on the forehead, but he is clean. The reason that he's mentioning this is because one of the symptoms of leprosy is your hair would begin to fall out. So if, if it would, you know, they would have to start examining, making sure that leprosy wasn't spreading. But verse 42, and we're going to finish here in just a minute. And if there is a bald head um, or a bald forehead, a reddish white sore, it is leprosy breaking out on the bald head or his bald forehead. Then the priest shall examine it, and indeed, if the swelling of the sore is reddish white, on his bald head and on his bald forehead as the appearance of leprosy on the skin of the body. He's a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest shall surely pronounce him unclean. His sore is on his head. Now the leper on who the sore is, the clothes shall be torn and his head bare and he shall cover his mustache and cry unclean, unclean. And he shall be unclean all the days he has the sore. He shall be unclean. He is unclean and he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Now here's the thing. It talks about, as we just read, about freckles and baldness and, and when it's leprosy and not. But if you had leprosy and, and it was determined that you were unclean and it was the leprosy that uh, would spread very quickly, the leper would have to go and live in a tent-like colony or a cave-like colony. You weren't allowed to come into the villages. You weren't allowed to, to have contact with people. That would include your family. You weren't allowed to go to the synagogue and to worship. So you were considered an outcast. Usually you were very poor because you couldn't get work. And so you would have to cover yourself up. And if you were coming down the road, you would, would see somebody coming your way. They would have to yell out, unclean, unclean. I'm unclean. And they would have to get off the road and let that individual pass. Again, they weren't allowed to have contact with people. They would completely be ostracized in society, isolated. They would be looked down upon. They would be seen as, as, 
is that later on in Jesus' day, the religious leaders would teach that they were being stricken by God's judgment because they got that from the book of Numbers from Moses' sister who was stricken with leprosy because he came, uh, Moses' sister Miriam came against Moses. And you recall that leprosy broke out on them. They would teach, hey, you got leprosy, God is judging you. And so they were completely isolated and ostracized and looked down upon, had no hope. The disease would begin to spread. There was no treatment. And your skin would begin to, to have sores all over as the leprosy would spread. Um, it would be uh, oozing, you know, and, and it, the stench was very, very strong. The bone structure would begin to soften to where your fingers would begin to, to you know, become stumps. And same with your toes, same with your nose and your ears. Your gums would become softened to where your teeth would fall out. It was a very horrible, painful way to die, very slowly. As it was being a disease that would just eat away at you, decay, corruption. You see, that's what sin does, folks. And we need to understand that. Sin just eats away, it decays. It corrupts. It does its destructive work on us. And we need to understand that as God's people. Paul would write in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, you're not called to uncleanness, but to holiness. And it's a loving Father that says to you and to me, stay away from sin because I don't want you to get burned. I don't want you to be eaten away by it. I don't want you to be in bondage to it. I want to bless your life. I want you to be free. And a way to have that blessed life. And a way to, to experience that life abundantly that the Lord has for us is again to stay close to Him and abide in Him. Sin will eat away your life. And we see that in the lives of people who don't know the Lord, don't we? That we see their lives being in a way and so easily enticed by the evils of this world. And it's sad to see. We need to pray for those who don't know the Lord. But also, we need to be careful ourselves. But one last thing, and then we're going to finish here at this point, that they would be isolated. But one of the things that I have seen over the years, and I I want to bring it a little bit closer here to us, and it's a little bit of a warning for us. But I've seen in 16 years of ministry, One of the things that takes place is when somebody comes to church and they're growing and they're learning, they're studying God's Word, they're feeling close to the Lord and and they're taking in, but all of a sudden that swelling, that rising up, that that scab, trying to cover up sin, getting involved in sin, doing something and, and continuing in that thing, all of a sudden they will start to isolate themselves. They're no longer coming to church. They're no longer in fellowship, no longer reading their Bible. They're no longer... Desiring the things of God. And I've seen that happen over and over again. The people who are coming and excited about the Lord and all of a sudden there's something that pulled them away. The world or sin or something that they got entrapped with. And the thing is, all of a sudden they start isolating themselves and saying, I don't need to read my Bible. I don't need to be around God's Word. Listen, if you ever come to that point, you need to stop. And don't go in that direction. But whenever we begin to say, well, you know what? I can compromise. I can go this direction. I can cover it up, whatever it might be. I don't really feel like going to the church today. And listen, I'm not saying you have to go to church every single Sunday, you know, or, or you know, you're just 
a terrible sinner. You know, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is if it's a pattern that will take you in that direction, will you begin to isolate yourself? Be careful. Don't do that. As God's people, stay close to the Lord and stay close to God's people. And be ones that present your heart to the Lord to allow the great high priest, Jesus Christ, to inspect you. And you desire to live in holiness and to pursue holiness. And that's what God's word tells us that we are to do, to please the Lord. And Lord, with your help, because I know that my flesh can rear up and I know that my heart can be enticed by certain things. And as we go on, you can read the rest of the chapter and talks about garments you know, that, that need to be disposed of. And if you look at it, you know, we're clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ, aren't we? We're not clothed with the world. Our own righteousness are as filthy rags before the Lord. But we are clothed with His righteousness. And then we're going to see next time in chapter 14 that if there's leprosy in the house, if there's anything in your house that causes you to sin, get rid of it. Get it out of the house. But pursue the things of God and stay close to Him. And allow Him to minister to you in a way that He desires and check in your heart and saying, Lord, You see my heart and you know the depths of my heart is there any spot or anything that's there and stay close to him and stay close to god's people and so father we thank you for this time in your word and i just pray that you would just bless um, our study as we go through these chapters that get ignored but lord we can learn from them and so father i pray that as we continue to worship tonight that if there's anything in our hearts right now that first of all all of us as we we come that we would allow you to examine our hearts that, Lord, if there's any spot, any wrinkle, any cover, any scab, anything like that, that would cause us to, to, Lord, compromise or to sin or to stray away from you, that, Lord, that we would turn away and confess it. And we would receive your love and forgiveness tonight. And, Lord, that we would remind, be reminded of how destructive sin is. And it starts out small. That we wouldn't think, oh, we can cover it up or we'll get away. But knowing that there is consequences and we will get burnt. And Lord, our sin will find us out. And, and there is um, that, um, that deception that is there if we think that we can go unchecked. Because sin will ha- eat away at us. So Lord, I pray right now that you would just create in us a clean heart. And that, Lord, that we would right now just be open to what it is that you want to say to us. If you're dealing with us with attitudes or, Lord, things that we've been looking at that we shouldn't, um, perhaps uh, our speech that has not been edifying but very critical or even abusive to family, to loved ones, to people at work. Lord, if, if there's things that we're taking in that, that are not good for us and to our minds, Lord, that we would just get rid of it and turn it off. And Lord, confess it. Lord, we know that we have been clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That as the book of Philippians says, that whatever things are pure and noble and just and whatever things are praiseworthy, that we're to meditate on these things and just have a heart each and every day the Lord live for you and stay close to you. So bless this time, Lord. And Lord, just draw us again close to yourself. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.